How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're discussing the eyes of Tammy Faye. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And we're going to discuss the eyes of Tammy Faye, which offers an intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. The film is directed by Michael Showalter, who did The Big Sick, with a screenplay by Abe Sylvia, based on the documentary by Fenton Bailey and Randy Barbato. The film stars Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield, Cherry Jones and Vincent D'Onofrio. So, Tim, as we mentioned, this screenplay is based on a 2000 documentary. Did Mm. you know anything about who Tammy Faye was before this? Absolutely nothing. I mean, completely blind. What about you? No, I mean, being in Australia, this must have been a huge deal in America, but Mm. we didn't hear a thing about it. So, in the beginning of the film, they show archival footage that sets the scene of Mm. an unfolding scandal known as Pearlygate where Tammy and her husband, Jim Baker, are accused of misappropriating funds donated to their Christian network. Yeah, so they jump straight in to showcase the downfall of their Mm. empire, just kind of dangle that cherry, and then they take us all the way back to like 1952, where it all began. We meet Tammy Faye as a young girl. But before that, Lee, Mm. we literally start with the eyes of Tammy Faye, where she talks about how her eyelashes are her signature. Mm. So you literally start there, which is quite funny. I loved how they started that, which is talking about her look. And this is the first time you meet 
the woman. You don't know anything about her, but you're deeply fascinated. But, yeah, we go back to 1952 to meet her properly. So the first act spans a huge amount of time. Tammy Faye meets her future husband at Bible college and they both Mm. have similar ideas about taking religion into a new era. You know, they've got this fresh generational approach Mm. to being a Christian that cancels poverty and deprivation. Mm -hmm. You know, God wants them to be comfortable. God wants them to be rich. Pretty convenient way to approach it. Indeed. And pretty standard for a televangelist, I think. Yes. And these guys were at the forefront of pushing that agenda of tithing and that God wants you to be rich and that's how he shows Mm. his love for you is because we're all your material belongings. And they took that to a whole new level and got them into a lot of trouble. It did. But before that, they began their own studio called Mm. the Praise the Lord Network, which actually was the fourth largest network in America by the end of the 70s and the early 80s. And this is random. They had a theme park, Heritage USA. Isn't that wild? See, this is the thing that fascinated me about this movie. Like, It, it feels like a stranger than fiction story, but no, it was all true. <laughs> a theme park, wild. As I said, the first act spans this huge amount of time from childhood mm. all the way to the 90s, yeah, I guess, decades. mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. When you're doing a biopic, it's really tough to cover a whole life and give everything the attention it deserves. Mm. Um, We don't really get to understand the depth of her knowledge about what happened, how he ended up in jail, but she didn't. Yeah. Why the makeup? Yeah. They didn't really delve into that. I mean, you got flavours of it that it was tied to her confidence and her state of mind. Mm. But, I mean, that's her most iconic feature. I really wanted to know the story behind it. Yeah. And you didn't. That's so true. I want to build on that because I do think this film definitely could have dug deeper. And it's a byproduct that they didn't and couldn't because they were covering so many Mm. decades, like you said. We literally go from 1952 to like 94, Mm. I think, the mid-90s. And they walk by a lot of the scandal, his sexual advances to men, his infidelity and paying off women, and all these other scandal stuff, which maybe because I'm a bit nosy I wanted to know more about. But they do just brush past Mm. them and I thought – there's so much more context and meat on the bones of this story that they don't choose to take you down. One of the techniques that they use to cover that huge amount of time, mm. and it's and it's used, you know, in many films, is montages. Yeah, they love this, the montage. Yeah, yeah, this film structure leans really heavily on the montages, and I started to tune out from those, unfortunately. See, totally fair. I just love a montage. I don't yeah. know what it is about it. I do generally, but if it's overused. And they have used it here. I feel, yeah. Yeah, just to kind of skip a couple of years because <laughs> you had to. Yeah, had they to, really had to. Had to get to the I mean, it's, it's a necessity, but mm. it was one of the parts I found a bit less enjoyable. Might get a little personal here, but th- this story was a little, maybe not triggering, but a bit close to home because I grew up in the church. Do you have a big history with makeup? <laughs> No, I never went down the drag queen road. Okay. Um, That's maybe in my future. Not at all. Um, I feel really, really uncomfortable about Christianity leaning on tithing and getting you to give money for the greater good for Mm. all the wrong reasons. Okay. Because there was a small period of time where I did find myself in a more evangelical context within the church and then kind of went to one or two other things. And luckily I wasn't taken a foot because it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Like my relationship with money is so grossly different to what televangelists have and obviously mm. the bakers. And yeah, I don't know. I was quite angry watching this movie. Wow. Did you feel angry? 
No, I guess I didn't have that personal connection mm. to it. I, you know, you see these kind of stories all the time, you know, that religion is used in the wrong way. I mean, yeah. you see it the world over. Look at the wars that we have. I mean, oh, it's deeply are, devastating. Mm. It just frustrates me that these stories exist and they take advantage of people mm. and it's not that long ago and it's still happening. Yeah, mm. but there can be some really beautiful moments of Absolutely. religion. Having faith in something like yes. that is really important to a lot of people. Whatever it is, whatever your religion is, and in Tammy Faye's case, yeah. you know, it really did support her kind-hearted nature. Mm. You know, she's an advocate for the LGBTQIA community at a time when mm. people were turning away from those with HIV and AIDS. She was opening her arms and preaching acceptance and she really meant it. She was very ahead of her time. And I was really surprised that that was who she was as a woman and I'm really glad that her story has come to light mm. in this way because despite the world she was caught up in she was doing the right thing i really do believe that she was yeah. a, she had a heart of gold and just to build on that there's a really pivotal interview scene with hiv aids activist steve peters who was a gay minister and he candidly spoke to tammy about mm. his illness it was a real life on their mm. network interview where she wanted to break down those barriers. She loved everyone. She had that sense of acceptance. Yeah. But everyone around her within her congregation, you know, especially her husband mm. and, and other fellow evangelists, really judged her for that and it was really hard for her. But see, that's where faith can be really beautiful. Yes, I Really, agree. really beautiful and comforting. Yeah. Talking about that sequence, they have faithfully recreated sets and sequences throughout the movie that mm. are very close to the originals because they live their life on camera. So you can actually go back and look at these and compare them. And it's, it's really quite astounding the level of detail they've put into it. Yeah. And one of the ways the director of photography did this especially was working with two different kinds of cameras, which I found really fascinating. Oh. You know, so they've got the vintage broadcast television cameras and lenses that captured the look and feel of the time period. So yeah. when they were on camera and you were viewing them on camera, that's what they were using. And then Alexa LF film cameras for what's happening off screen. And it created a real authenticity, I think, to it. Gee, I love those little factoids about mm. the level of detail and effort that filmmakers put in to realise something, an aesthetic, a look. And this movie has that written all over it. You really do feel like you're experiencing all the decades, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And another way they do that is through the music. Yeah, music, talk to me. Music was such a huge part of her life. And I, I mean, I didn't know much about her, so of course I didn't know this either. But um, it relies on Tammy Faye's songs to tell another story. Was she so involved in her career that she didn't see what was going on over in the network? She actually mm. put out 24 albums. Goodness. Like that's incredible by any standards. I kind of want to go and listen to some of them because <laughs> yeah. I was so swept up in the spectacle of her voice, her charisma, how she performed yes. like those set pieces like I'm thinking holy shit yeah it's a whole Broadway production most of the times that she did it and Jessica Chastain actually sang it's how, her voice how beautiful was her voice though yeah yeah she did an incredible job there. it's a big voice big job mm. everything about her performance is big <laughs> well you know she spent seven years studying footage of Tammy Faye to be able to recreate her wow what a valuable resource like you said that all of this stock footage exists but seven yeah. years I mean her mannerisms, her voice is completely different, yeah. the way she moves, the way she holds herself. She's done an incredible job here. I think she almost spent seven years in the makeup chair <laughs> uh, uh, every day. Apparently she had to 
sometimes, depending on what period of life she was representing, she had to get in the makeup chair at 3.30 in the morning mm. before cameras started rolling to, you know, become, transform into Tammy yeah. Faye. She's just, Tammy Faye is just a larger than life yeah. character, isn't she? She seemed to just really love God and people mm. and shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and music, how she connected with at least God and people. Yeah. She seemed optimistic and naive, naive. maybe, to a yeah. fault. Because you mentioned earlier, did she realise what was going on around her? Did yeah. she know? And I genuinely, based on the way she is represented here and plays out, I, do, I don't think she realised what was going but on. But she was so smart. How could she not? I know. Look the other way. I don't, I don't know. Com- uh, moments of convenience perhaps. But I, I found her very genuine all the same. I just really felt for her, especially as a child. You know, she mm. was a product of divorce, which meant in her highly religious town that her mother was tainted. Yeah. And by extension, ashamed of her daughter. And she felt that sort of shame throughout her life. Wasn't that awful, Lee? Yeah. I mean, she was even told that she would send her siblings to hell if she stepped foot inside the church because she was tainted. Oh, God. See, that's the sort of stuff that riles me up. Just mm. that. Just it's all wrong. It's just so yeah. wrong and sad. But again... She's so clever, right? She comes up with a way to be accepted by having an out-of-body experience and speaking in tongues, in tongues, I guess, almost. Yeah. Like God is speaking through her and they accept her again. That's It's just so clever. Yeah, yeah. She is. She's a bit wicked at times, yeah. I think you would say. And she obviously loved performing. Yes, clearly. <laughs> and Jessica Chastain taking on this role, she really wanted to break down Tammy Faye as the cartoon and caricature yeah. And that and that tragic clown are some words that have been thrown around yeah. about her. But, you know, that's why she fought for the rights to tell this story as a producer and as an actress because she wanted to tell the Tammy Faye story yeah. truthfully. Well, the documentary filmmakers describe Tammy Faye as having the spirit of an outsider but the fearlessness of a drag queen. Oh, I love that. Isn't that a good description? It's so fitting. So let's talk about Andrew Garfield as her yeah. husband, Jim Baker. He's having a moment isn't right now, just? isn't he? And I'm so here for it. I'm loving everything he's doing. Yeah, I mean, you should see his performance in Tick, Tick, Boom, oh, which is yes. on Netflix now to stream. Honestly, like, Incredible. holy shit, he is good in that yeah. movie. And his Jim Baker begins with a longing to heal people. So mm. it's, it's genuine. And he preaches happiness now instead of joy in heaven later. But his downfall is that he loses sight of what he's doing for more wealth. What was his line that he always used to say? God loves you. He really, really 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 does. does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For some reason that never got old. Mm. I don't know. He he just, Andrew Garfield has so much charisma and charm. And that's what Jim Baker was. He charmed Tammy Faye when she was a college student. He charmed his audience. He charmed the bureaucracy. But his charm led him to his demise ultimately, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And Tammy's mother, played by Cherry Jones, I mentioned, you know, that Tammy Faye's always looking for her mother's approval. But I don't think she was malicious. You know, she was God-fearing to the point of thinking Tammy Faye's lifestyle would prevent her from making it to heaven. And that was her worry and that was her stress and that was why she couldn't embrace fully what her daughter was doing. Yeah, she almost was the audience 
feeling the same thing, like you are not doing the right thing. Mm. This is not okay. This is hypocritical. You are mm. taking advantage of people. Mm. Although you didn't agree with everything the position of the mother had, but she was kind of the audience voice trying to get through to Tammy because she ultimately did want the best for her. Mm. She just didn't understand that world. And she came from such a different world. She really did. A different time. That was a really interesting relationship they had with each other's yeah. characters. Would you say it was sad? Yeah, definitely. Deeply sad. Yeah, she was always longing for her mother's approval. Yeah. Okay, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Plays a bad guy well, this guy. I'm scared of this guy every time I see him on screen. So he plays Jerry Falwell, who is like the godfather of evangelism, isn't Mm. he? He's underhanded, he's double-crossing, he's just like a Christian gangster. Really? Oh, my God, Lee. That is so cool. Yeah. And he was pivotal in their downfall being much worse. He was a seedy, manipulative man. Yeah. He came in with the guise of helping them and then Mm. just stole their company out from under them. Did you feel bad for the bakers in what was happening to them ultimately? (gasps) Look, it's a situation of their own making, I guess. But, yes, I did feel some sympathy for them. I I guess my sympathy fizzled over to... Jim, but it was more because I felt so connected to Tammy mm. and I just felt really sorry for her that she just wanted to do right, but everything just got pulled out from under her. And I think just as humans, it's mm. so easy to lose sight of yourself yes. and your way. Isn't that true? It really is. Yeah. And they they lost sight as a couple, as televangelists of, of what they mm. were they're supposed to do yeah. what they're calling from God originally was. Yeah. And they just got swept up in the spectacle of their own overzealous mm. lives. I want to be clear, I'm not excusing any of what they did, but I did of feel a, a, like a modicum of sympathy for yeah, them. Yeah, because you're a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I have empathy. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same as you, Lee. Okay, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the makeup and costumes. Okay? Goodness. Because Tammy Faye obviously has such a distinctive look. Mm. She's got thick makeup, some of which was tattooed on later in life. That's a commitment. The lips yeah, are tattooed I mean, on. That's a commitment to the style, isn't it? It is. Um, and her style and makeup got bolder and more involved through the decades as she got older. I just love the opulence of it all. Everything was turned up to 100 on the dial. Just her look mm. and the look of this film and their life. Like when <laughs> when they get richer and richer and just the sort of shit they have in their house. <laughs> yes. I was like, holy crap. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it was very, very extravagant. So Michael Travers, who actually worked on Hustlers as well, used the costumes to reflect parts of her life and her mental state. Yeah. You know, muted for the childhood. Apricot and mint for her college days mauve, pink and reds, really bold colours throughout the 80s where she dressed more boldly to try and control her spiralling world and her circumstances. I think that's what that's what she could control, her look. Wow. I love those decisions that they made. And when she was at the end of things, you know, you noticed that she was wearing so many more bangles and jewellery and yes. rings. So she was just like, she, she would have sunk straight to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Makeup, I guess, was like her shield. It was, wasn't it? You know, it it was her shield against the world when things were getting out of control. But she was very much about the look because that was her iconic look. That's how people recognised her. Mm. That's how they loved her because she was something that they were never going to be. Mm. I mean, it's that sort of iconography of a huge personality within culture, right? And I really loved that even though she'd been dragged through the mud, the good name smeared, her husband's in jail – 
and she's now having to rebuild her life. Mm. She still had such kindness. Didn't she? There's a scene at the end where yes. some kids are making fun of her and she walks right over to them and she introduces herself and she goes, you can't speak about me until you meet me or something like that. You she know? really had a beautiful soul. If you want to talk about me, then we need to introduce ourselves. Yeah. And then she just talks to them and, and oh, just so kind. Yeah, really kind. Judgment free. All right, Lee, what do you reckon? Shall we wrap up our review and rate The Eyes of Tammy Faye? I would love to hear what you have to say, Tim. All right, so The Eyes of Tammy Faye is an entertaining watch and characters and events that seem stranger than fiction, surely, but no, it was all true. And what an experience it is. You feel angry but sad all the same as the fate of the characters plays out into such scandal despite how much they deserved what was coming for them. Jessica Chastain delivers a tour de force performance and is so deserved of her awards recognition this season. This is the best performance of her career. Oh, yeah. It has to be. The film does well to lift the curtain on these complex and fascinating characters, but it did need to dig a little deeper and maybe not try to cover off so much leaving some areas of the plot a little hollow. I'm going to rate The Eyes of Tammy Faye three and a half popcorn kernels. Well, Jessica Chastain and The Eyes of Tammy Faye give us a sympathetic but somewhat superficial biopic about a woman who was compassionate and way ahead of her time. Being in Australia, I didn't know anything about these events, but I enjoyed getting to know Tammy Faye. Although the movie is entertaining and Chastain really does give a career best performance, a few more layers would have been welcome for me. I'm giving The Eyes of Tammy Faye four popcorn kernels. All right, guys. So The Eyes of Tammy Faye will entertain revelers in cinemas from January 27. And that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in on the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.